Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Good morning. And uh, we are really getting back to normal here. I have a clipboard up front. And so, uh, you know, when somebody's got a clipboard, it's getting back to normal. So I have a clipboard here for uh, September and October cleaning of the building. So I'm going to pass it over here. Emma, can you help me out? Travis, you're great. I appreciate your help. You are an awesome servant. So if you'd sign up for one of the weekends, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, also, too, another announcement. We have apples and squash back in the back as you go in. There's bags. Uh, we have 10-gallon bags, and we have the little bags. So if you want a few to eat, that would be great. If you want some to can, uh, there's a whole box full. If you want to take the whole box after people get theirs, that's good, too. We have lots and lots of apples still coming on at our place. If you got critters out at your house, uh, we got apples for your critters, too. So... Uh, if you're interested, we have apples. So uh, let me know, and please feel free to grab those. I don't know who brought the zucchini and squash, but thank you. So I'm assuming they're there to take and eat. So uh, that would be that would be fantastic. If not, I apologize. People are going to be taking your squashes. So uh, 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 this evening's assembly will once again be at the Compton Place, and we're going to finish up uh, talking about uh, uh, things that we could change to improve uh, our assemblies, and also to our service to the Lord. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, College Aid Fellowship will be at uh, 5.45 dinner, and uh, you can put your requests in, I think, for dinner, right, honey? We were talking about what might, might be made. I'm not doing it, so it'll be good. So anyway, you might want to talk with Sharon. She's, uh, she's figuring out what she wants to have. And then Wednesday night uh, evening is at the Parks Place. And then don't forget, next Sunday... Next Sunday, August 30th, wow, I can't believe August is almost almost done. Isn't that crazy? Summer's almost gone. So anyway, sorry for the bad news. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, the 30th, next Sunday, we'll have another uh, pumpkin spice holiday bazaar. And it's kind of interesting. I shared it with uh, several of the folks at the uh, Springfield Chamber of Commerce. And man, they are excited already for the pumpkin spice holiday bazaar. So it should be a, a good time. So, any other announcements? Yes. Ah, thank you for reminding me. Uh, September 10th, ladies study. By the way, there's a nice little flyer right over there. Uh, September 10th. And what time is that at night? Thursday at 7 o'clock. Thank you very much. And uh, sounds like there's lots of folks that are interested in participating in that. So that's going to be great. Okay, so let me go ahead and put this on and... You know what? We have a red light here, Scott. And honey, I ran up here without that other recorder. Could you bring that other recorder? It's in my briefcase. Oh, you know, we almost forgot our notes of encouragement. How could I do that? All right, I got some notes of encouragement here while I'm getting wired up. So let's see. Mrs. Kirkpatrick, you are such an amazing person. You have, uh, you have such a great personality. 
And I would agree with that. You have a wonderful, sweet personality. And uh, you are just an all-around wonderful person. I would agree with that statement. Blake. Blake. Can I use some of your nicknames, Blake? This is an international, all over the world. I won't do that to Blake. Yeah, you'll do it to me, though, next time you're up here. Blake, your meditations are inspiring and convicting. Uh, your love and devotion to God and commitment to his word are very apparent. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Very good. And Mrs. Johnson, thank you for playing the piano so beautifully. You have a lovely smile that shows in your eyes. See, so even if you wear that mask, you know that you're just smiling in the Lord. There you go. It's awesome. <laughs> okay. Hey, so let's open in a word of prayer, and I'm going to get, get untangled here, maybe. How embarrassing. At least the, at least the, uh, the cam is working today, which is kind of amazing. My beautiful technology person, my wife. Oh, for heaven forbid. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So uh, I have to share with you my dear brother in Christ, Brad. Thank you for showing up today. I can see you on here. Anyway, so Brad and I went hiking, and uh, Brad did such an awesome job last week, and he was saying, how come whenever I preach, everybody shows up? <laughs> he said he was really freaking out. And how many would agree he did a great job for freaking out? Oh, that's awesome. Why don't you clap really loud so he can hear you on the online? See that? There you go, Brad. You, <laughs> you are great. Now, Brad, I am turning on the recorder, so you won't have to do this. Okay. I also, am I on? Okay, good. <laughs> You know, for those of you who don't know me, uh, who are watching, I have such wonderful uh, brethren here. They're taking care of me, and I'm such an invalid when it comes to technology. Now, I don't think Jesus had to worry about that kind of stuff, so I'm a lucky dog. All right, here we go. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, we thank you and praise you for the rich blessing of your word. And Father, this morning, as we continue to speak about your presence, the power of of your presence and our presence in you and in your son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Holy Father, that you would help us to recognize the great power there is when we realize that there are pleasures forever. But sadly, our mindset oftentimes is on things of the world. And so the pleasures that you desire for your people are not experienced because they're clouded by and, and they really are overshadowed by all the things that are going on in the world and our focus not being on you and the rich blessings that you've granted to us, but of course, on the craziness of the world. Father, help us to recognize and understand first and foremost that the pleasures forever that you have offered to your people begin when someone becomes a Christian, but those are available only to the Christian who will set their mind on things above. Only the Christian who will choose to remove the sin out of their lives by the power of your word and the working of your Holy Spirit. That those who will see pleasure as you see pleasure and seek not the pleasures of sin or the pleasures of this world, but rather, more importantly, that they would seek the pleasures that are from above. 
And as we work through the next few weeks on these amazing pleasures forever, as we set the stage today, help us to recognize that we as Christians can experience those pleasures every single day of our life. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 16. And once again, to get our bearings and to, to, to get started uh, correctly, uh, Psalms chapter 16 and beginning verse 11. Remember, a prophecy about Jesus Christ, but also a prophecy about his church, specifically speaking to those in Christ who are seated with him in the heavenly places. Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Pleasures forever. And I want to take a look at another passage of scripture that talks about how we can have an overflowing abundance of those pleasures forever. And if you're not feeling like you're having a very pleasant life or your life is not filled with pleasures, I pray that you'll listen very carefully this morning because we'll talk about how to gain access to those pleasures. That's the actual lesson of the title, if you haven't noticed that. How to gain access to the pleasures forever. If your life is miserable, and I have to tell you, I know Christians who have miserable lives, what you need to do is you need to make sure that you're living your life for Christ and then see how the pleasures that Christ gives have to be seen through spiritual eyes. And that's what we're going to do this morning. And so in the book of Psalms in chapter 36, another passage talking about the, the fullness or the eternal pleasures of God. Let's begin in verse 1, read down through verse 12, but we're only going to take a small section out this morning to actually focus on. Transgression speaks to the ungodly within his heart. There's no fear of God before his eyes. For it, the sin, flatters him in his own eyes concerning the discovery of his iniquity and the hatred of it, of course, by others. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He plans, and, he plans wickedness upon his bed. He sets himself on a path that is not good. He does not despise evil. That's the first part. It's the person that that is going after selfish desires. Let me begin here, and I'm only going to spend a moment here on this passage. I don't think we understand what wickedness is. The only way you can understand what wickedness is, what evil is, is to allow God to define it. I think there's an awful lot of evil and wickedness in the church that we don't even see as wicked or evil. Because we have not used God's word as that standard. If you want to enjoy the pleasures of God forever, you need to define evil and wickedness as God does and get it out of your life. If you don't, then you won't experience the pleasures that God has for his people. Now, I may have lost some of you already. But honestly, I think mankind defines wickedness and evil differently than God does. And if you're honest, you know that's true. And so it's so important for us to go to the scriptures so that we know to get that stuff out. Because that stuff will keep us from the great joy in its fullness, the eternal pleasures, and the amazing 
amazing experience that those pleasures can bring in Christ Jesus. When I look around in the churches, I don't see people full of joy. I don't see people filled with the pleasures that God can provide because they're focused on the things in the world and doing their own thing. And so let me begin here by this. This first few verses here is talking about what will keep you from experiencing those pleasures. Remember Moses? He laid aside the the pleasures of sin. He said, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm going to go after Christ and the reproach of Christ in serving him. And of course, he was blessed. And then, of course, we know he's with Christ now. But look at the next section, verses five through nine. This is where we're going to spend some time this morning. Your loving kindness, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. The children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you give them to drink of the river of your delights. Literally, the river of your pleasures. So with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. And then he concludes the two parts of this uh, psalm by saying, oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of the pride, let not the foot of pride come upon me and let not the hand of the wicked draw me away. There the doers of iniquity have fallen. They have been thrust down and cannot rise. That concluding statement is awesome. It's someone who is experiencing the goodness of God and the pleasure, he says, please don't let me be drawn away by evil because that evil will keep me from enjoying the amazing pleasures that you have for me. And so, brethren, I want to focus this morning on verse 7, 8, and 9. There are three parts to verse 7, 8, and 9 that are so important. We're going to look at each one. How precious is your loving kindness, O God, and the children of men, Take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Pleasures forever are found in the shadow of the wing of God. In his right arm. That's what that's saying. So we must must seek the refuge. We must seek the protection. We must seek the the foundation in the the fort of God. The strong and mighty tower of God. We must refuse the evil and we must diligently seek refuge in God. We're going to talk about that this morning. The second one is found there in verse 8. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house, and, and you give them to drink of the rivers of your pleasures. We need to recognize and understand that we as Christians are the house of God, so we need to drink of the abundance of God's house. Drink of the abundance of God's house. Let me share with you in by way of introduction. There are pleasures outside. There are pleasures in the mountains right this moment. There are pleasures out at the lake. There are pleasures on the rivers. There are pleasures at home. There are pleasures of this world. And if it's not of sin, the pleasures of this world, God gives you. 
I went hiking with Brad McKinney yesterday. We found two springs up in the Cascades in the middle of heavy timber. And it was like water flowing right out of the ground. It was absolutely amazing. And the animals coming into that springs, there were highways coming into that springs. They were, they were going to that springs to drink of that amazing cool water. And that was so pleasurable for me and had been studying this very passage of scripture. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. I was thinking of all those animals desiring that fresh cold water and, and going there and flocking there and the highways going in. It was so amazing. We put a game camera up. Just throw that in there real quick. And so why don't we flock like that to the springs of living water? Why don't we flock to the, the water of life that gives pleasures forever? You see, we need to recognize and understand how important being in assembly is. I love spending time with you. It's a great joy. I have to tell you, the feedback I get when I'm preaching is fantastic. But the fun stuff like Pat and I poking fun at each other before assembly was really exciting too, right Pat? Okay, so after assembly I'm coming after you. So anyway, there is great... Uh-oh, we got a fight going. There are pleasures in being with God's people and uh, that's what we're going to find out in the coming weeks. The pleasures of God that really the people outside cannot know. And I pray that we will come to know intimately. And then finally, this last part here, uh, by way of introduction, verse uh, nine, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. How powerful that is. And so this morning, let's go ahead and begin and take a look at my first point this morning. And that's really defining what this word pleasure actually means. The word pleasure here in verse eight. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house and you give them to drink of the river of your pleasures and your pleasures forever. In fact, it's also spoken of in the book of Job. Job chapter 36, verse 10 and 11. I want you to write that down right now and I want you to go look at Job chapter 36, verse 10 and 11 after we're done this morning. I could preach the exact same sermon from that passage of scripture. Pleasures forever if we choose to reject evil and embrace the great blessing of God. So what's the word pleasure here mean in the Hebrew language? Looking that up, it's pronounced uh, na'im and it's to be delightful, to be delighted, filled with delight, to be pleasant, to be pleasurable, or sweet. And so when we say that Emma is very sweet, we are saying that spending time with Emma is a great pleasure. And having you serve the church, Emma, is a great pleasure for all of us. And I know it's a pleasure for you. And it's amazing when I see other people investing themselves in serving the Lord in the church, getting great pleasure out of that. And then others receiving pleasure from your service. These are pleasures that are not the fun that go away. These are the pleasures of the deep and abiding 
satisfaction and joy that we get from brethren serving one another. And so this word pleasures really has to do with true lasting relationships, right relationships and not things. How many have ever gotten a pleasure out of a new thing, a new toy? And how many know when you get a new toy, the pleasure wears off, especially when your little sister breaks it or your son smashes it or your, I mean, we could go on forever and ever on those. You know, the pleasure's there, but it goes away. But what about pleasures that last? I was talking with a young Belarusian woman, and I can't tell if she's watching today or not, but a young Belarusian woman in Bible study, I was talking to her about the blessing and still the great blessing I received by thinking about a man by the name of Grandpa Penny. You've heard a lot about him. I can't wait to get to heaven because I'll get to see him again. And just the thought of seeing him again gets me excited. He's going to pinch my cheek. He's going to grab my thigh. Now, that was really weird. Okay. he go, honey, honey. He'd always call me honey. You know, call. He wasn't weird. He really wasn't. Now, some of you are looking. Wow. I know Penny's listening right now. Penny, you were not weird. I know it's true. You really cared about people and you got people's attention. Wow. I would not be the man that I am today without him. I would not be married to Sharon without his help. I would not be the man that I was at Willamette High School. I would not be the man that I am for my sons or for you without him. I still find great pleasure in remembering him. Those pleasures are eternal. That's the kind of pleasures I'm talking about. Not a new gun or a a new car or a new motorcycle or a new boat or a new whatever. I'm talking about something that lasts forever. It's relational. That's what this word is talking about. Well, the root word for that is to be agreeable. You ever been with a brother or sister in Christ or said brother or sister in Christ and they're totally disagreeable about everything? You say white, they say black. You say, oh, I think it is black. No, I changed my mind, it's white. What? Now, I know you've never had an example or a situation like that before, but the reality is, is agreeable. How pleasurable it is when we agree and work together on a common cause. To... To pass in beauty. And again, when I read that, and I looked at the scriptures, it made me think of, of Penny and, and uh, uh, Peggy. Remember Peggy? Papa Leo. What a character he was. To pass in beauty. To be delightful, pleasant, sweet. The source of eternal pleasures begin with a right relationship with God. And you, by the way, and I am responsible for our relationship with God. Don't depend on me for your relationship with God. I can share with you, but you must embrace the word of God and be responsive to it. I am living for God for myself. I pray that you live for God for yourself, and then we can work together in common cause. It's so important for us to realize eternal pleasures can only be enjoyed by those who know God as the scripture teaches here. Take a look at verse 10. Oh, continue your loving kindness to those who know you, who know God. Only those can enjoy the pleasures forever. 
Only those who are upright in heart. Only those who are showered with his loving kindness, his faithfulness. I don't know if you've ever had an experience before when a friend has been unfaithful to you. Worse if a spouse was unfaithful. But when a best friend stabs you in the back, or a brother or sister stabs you in the back, or someone near and dear to you stabs you in the back, that is the most painful thing that you could ever experience. I know. But one of the most sweetest experiences you can ever have is when a brother, sister sees your struggle, your heartache, and they come alongside. And they're a blessing to you. There is nothing greater than that. You've fallen terribly. You're suffering because you, the devil tempted you out and you blew it. And they come alongside and instead of damning you, the scripture says, love covers a multitude of sins and how they love you into restoration. I don't know about you, but that's powerful. That's unheard of in the world. Brethren, that's pleasures forever. And that's what he's speaking of here. So point number two has those three parts that I think are so important. Take a look at point number two. In his loving kindness, pleasures forever. Now notice what the bullet point says there. Look at the star there. What does it say? It says eternal pleasures begin right now in your relationship with God. You can experience the pleasures forever. You can experience them right now and you can experience them in full measure right now. Many people don't believe that. I'm not talking churchianity. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. I'm talking about really enjoying experiential the pleasures forever as you have a right relationship with God and a right relationship with each other. Because if you're Christ embodied and I'm Christ embodied and we have a right relationship together, guess what ends up happening? There's joy in working together. There's joy in helping others together. There's joy in that. There's pleasure in that. And that cannot be taken away. So take a look at the first one. Verse 7 of Psalms 36. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. The children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. The word refuge means to flee to flee for protection to a place of refuge. I don't know about you, but the devil's always dogging the church. He's always dogging me. Have you ever noticed that temptations don't go away? You can grow strong in the faith and the temptations are still there. You're saying, well, you have a problem, preacher. <laughs> no, no, no. Temptations aren't going to go away. Jesus was tempted in all ways as we are and yet without sin. And the devil never stopped. How do you know that? When he was immersed, the devil attacked him. When he's hanging on the cross, the devil attacked him. If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God, that's how the devil attacks. If you're the son of God, you wouldn't have done that, you knucklehead. You're a loser. You're a sinner. You're going to hell. So why even try? Just give it up. That's what happens in your head. If you're honest, the devil uses, well, if you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of God, well, you're a loser, and you're not even worth it. Why don't you just give up and die? And that's exactly what he wants. It's exactly what he wants. And he'll sing to you that song. 
When I was in high school, there was a song by Blue Oyster Cult called Don't Fear the Reaper. And I was coming home from a great Bible study. And I was listening to a talk show and then, then a really kind of a wanky kind of guy got on. I won't tell you who the wanky kind of guy was. I go, I don't want to listen to his talk show. So I turn it to one of the buttons, 99.1, and guess what started to play? Don't fear the reaper. Click off. When I was in high school, that that song basically was telling me it's okay to commit suicide, no problem. Don't fear the reaper. He'll take care of you. It's a terrifying song if you look at the lyrics. You have to understand and recognize, brethren, we need to run from the devil. Flee the lust of your youth, it says. Run for refuge. You know, that's why we need to define what sin really is. We need to define what evil really is. We need to define what wickedness is. We need to define it and then flee from it. How many of you know that you can just get subtly called into and away from God? There's some, I don't know if it was Brad or somebody else who was talking about just that the other day. I know it was a recent lesson how, you know, you make a little choice here, a little decision there. You hear a little thing here, you try this a little here, and then pretty soon you wake up and go, how in the world did I get here? How'd that happen? Incrementally. Little, little baby steps. Brethren, flee for refuge. Psalm 17, verses 6 through 9. Listen to the beauty of this passage of Scripture in regards fleeing and embracing uh, the refuge of God. Psalm 17, verses 6 through 9. I have called upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my speech. Wondrously show your loving kindness. There it is again. O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand, from those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. Notice this person is crying out to God, I want to be in and under your wing. I want to be there protected by you. Do you really desire the pleasures forever? then you should be fleeing sin and fleeing to his protection, to his word and what his word says in regards to your life. Brethren, I I fear for the church. You know, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, Jerusalem filled with very religious people in every way. And what did Jesus say? He says it there in the book of Luke chapter 16 and verse 30, or 13. So you might want to change that in your, your uh, notes. Luke 13, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. How I longed that you might be gathered together as my children under, as a chicken uh, takes her little brood and put them under her wings to protect them. Did you know why they do that? God designed that in that hen. You ever heard of a chicken hawk? You ever see the cartoon chicken hawk? Well, there is such a thing as a chicken hawk, and hawks like to eat baby chickens. 
to under the wings. They're not seen and they're protected and they can't be targeted. Under the protection of God, as you place yourself in submission under his authority and you receive his word as the standard for your life, you are protected from the attacks. But when you choose to do whatever you want, the pleasures of the world are all there for you, easily taken off the internet, easily participated in the, you know, wherever you want to do that kind of thing. I'll tell you what. Jesus so desperately wants you to flee to him, to hear his word, to know his love. And brethren, can I encourage you to be that Christ for others? To be that person that's there for people when they're struggling? Will you be that? Because if you are the embodiment of Christ and Christ says, I just wanted to take my children and cover them. I can't do all of it. I know each one of us can't do all of it, but you know, each one of us can do some and collectively together we can cover each other. Amen? Wait till next week's sermon. Covering each other. I write these notes to my dear friends who are serving us in this community as law enforcement officers and as I write them and, and if any of them are listening, I always say, I got your six. I've been praying for strong, heavenly guardians to protect you as you go forth as a minister of God. How many of you know those men are ministers of God? Those women are ministers of God. And so I pray for heavenly protection. Brethren, we need to be those kinds of people that will be the arms of God. Look at number two. I love this number two going back to Psalms 36. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house and you give them to drink the river of your pleasures. Well, look at that word drink. That word drink means to partake in and unto satisfaction. In other words, you're satisfied. But it even goes more than that. The word abundantly. Not only are you satisfied, abundantly goes beyond to be completely filled to overflowing. Is your life filled to overflowing with the pleasures of God? It really comes down to knowing what the pleasures of God are. Next week, I'm going to bring a scripture that will specifically name one of the pleasures. But we need to make a decision. I'm cutting with the world's pleasures and, and the things, the pleasures of sin. Those aren't going to be my focus. I'm rejecting sin. And I'm going to enjoy the pleasures that God has given me in this world, but I'm not going to make them my God and my focus. I'm going to focus on the pleasures that God gives to me in his kingdom, in his house. What's the house of God? You know what it is. What's the house of God? What does First Peter chapter 2 say in verse 4? You and I are the house of God. You and I are the house of God. We're the family. Are we a dysfunctional family? Or are we a family fulfilling God's purpose? It's really up to us individually. We individually get to choose. Will you choose to invest? I have some questions for you. If you wouldn't mind writing those down. God's house. God's house. How invested are you? In the true body of Christ. How invested are you? We invest so much time in our jobs. 
When I was at Willamette High School, I invested a huge amount of time. Sharon's my witness, so is Ryan. Some, some of you are as well. But in my time at Willamette High School, I made a decision. I'm going to invest in his house, pre-Christians. I was going to live the life of Christ because I couldn't have my Bible. I did carry my Bible, but I never could take it out. Well, I can't say that I did every once in a while. You know, you risk getting fired. But I would teach biblical concepts. I would live I would live the life of Christ. And many of you know people who are now Christians because of that. Notice how important it is that we invest in the body of Christ, the house of God, the church. Now, can we invest in Benoit Thomas and the wonderful things he's doing in, in uh, India? Yes or no? Yes. Can we help uh, Oleg Zelenin in Belarus and the thing that he's doing? The answer is yes. But where are we going to see the immediate impact of our investment in the house of God? Where? Right here. In this family. In this community. Right here. Now God has Oleg over in Belarus, Minsk. God has Eric here. God has Oleg's lookalike in Kirk here. Wait till you see Oleg. You're going to go, hey, looks like Kirk. I mean, you guys, isn't that true? It's almost identical. When you recognize and understand, God put Oleg over there to serve the people there. God put you here for us to serve the people here. How important that is. How much have you participated in the work of the local assembly? Oh no, here comes the law. Oh. Not the law. It's a right attitude of what the scripture says. We're going to see next week that God gives huge and amazing pleasure in our working together to serve him. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been to the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar, there's an awful lot of the body of Christ here working together, and you should see our meetings. They're a giggle fest, basically. It's great. And then when we get here, oh, it's so great when everybody's working together, and, and there is a real sense of awe as people are working together to change the world. You can't get that anywhere else. Just thinking about the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar gets me kind of excited. I'm sure my brainwaves go, get excited. It's been great fun. Fun? Yeah. All that work? Yeah. All that sacrifice? Yeah. That's fun? You're warped. No, it's a right perspective of what God says is pleasure. That's what we need to do, get the right understanding. So how much have you participated in the work of both the local congregation, of course, churches abroad. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty five. You want you want the uh, amazing pleasures forever. Look at Proverbs chapter twenty five. This is one of those uh, business ethic concepts I use with my young people at Willamette High School. I'll spring it on you as well. I would tell the kids, you know what? To whom much is given, much is required. 
I was called the evil capitalist coach at Willamette High School. And yet it was rather interesting when we would serve the orphans in Belarus, all of our young people work our marketing magic to bring money to kids in Belarus. People are going, that, that's not capitalism. That's socialism. I said, no, it's not socialism. It's not socialism. It's capitalism. It's capitalism with a heart. Look at this. Chapter 11 and verse 25. The generous man will be prosperous and he who waters others will water himself. That's a paradox. That's an oxymoron. How can you give and become prosperous? How can you water and get water on yourself? Well, that's pretty easy. No, depending on how old you are. But the reality is, is those are truths that there's pleasures when you invest yourself. And 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Notice what uh, the Apostle Paul says here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Hey, and you know what? If you think I'm talking about money, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your life. And that's what Jesus really desires is your life. Take a look at verse uh, six. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's a biblical principle. That's what I call the paradox of giving. God said in Old Testament and New Testament, you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. You invest in God's kingdom and God's going to invest in you and bless you with those pleasures forever. And if you don't invest, you can't know. And I don't care if you ever give even one penny in that box. If you never give a penny, but you give your whole life, God will bless you. God will bless you. I'm not talking prosperity doctrine here. I'm talking fleeing from selfishness and investing yourself in God and his work together with God's people. Finally, let's close with this. The last point, going back to the Psalms in chapter 36 and taking a look at verse 9. Psalms 36 and verse 9. For with you, O God, is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. Now there's a passage of scripture there that I will work on, probably use it as an actual scripture text for our uh, sermon to come. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 1 through 6. We don't have time right now to do that, but I do want you to look at 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. The great message of salvation is the message of light. Turn with me. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. This is the gospel message. This is the one message that matters. If you don't ever respond to any message except for the gospel message, you're going to be fine. But the gospel message is, is that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Brethren, are you listening? God is light and in him there's no darkness at all. Where are you, brethren, according to your position spiritually? 
Are you in Christ as a Christian? Yes or no? Of course. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, it says. He's a child, she's a child of light. What does that mean? Child of light. A child of light looks like its father, the father of light, like God. Treats other people like the father of light, like God. And when you sacrifice yourself in service to others like the son of God, who walked in light when he walked this way, John chapter 12. If we follow him, we will be in the light as he himself is in the light. But take a look at the following verses in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, but let's go to verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with God, and yet walk in darkness, we live in sin, we live in selfishness, because we didn't take the time to understand what that even was, according to God's standard. It says, if we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We have fellowship with one another. Sweet fellowship. You know, when I immersed Jen Keikala, it wasn't Jen Keikala at the time. What was Jen's last name? McMillan, I immersed Jen McMillan into Christ. It was Grandpa Penny's spirit and his example that gave me that mindset to love people when I saw them hurting to do something about it. Grandpa Penny gave me that example. Where did Penny get it? He got it from Christ. And now, Jen is doing the same thing. You know who sharers and fellowship with me? Grandpa Penny. Because he was in fellowship with Christ. I saw Christ in him. You want to know how many gospel sermons, new creation sermons I heard from Grandpa Penny? Zero. You want to know how many lessons Grandpa Penny gave me on the new creation? Every time I was with him, that's what we can be. You want pleasures forever? You need to walk in the light as he himself is in the light. Sacrificing yourself for others, no strings attached. And the pleasures that God has designed for his people will be ours. Don't let the devil steal your pleasure. Come to know him. Come to abide in him. And come to walk in the light as he is in the light. And you'll experience the pleasures forever. Next week, we're going to have one specific Bible passage about one specific pleasure that God will grant to you and to me if we'll embrace it. Let's pray. Father, I'm thankful I'm thankful for the pleasures forever. You've allowed us to begin to see faintly those things. I pray next week it will become very clear. One of the great pleasures. And the great pleasures in this life that you've granted oftentimes mean sacrifice. So I pray that we would be ready to realize that these pleasures, which are beyond really comprehension, 
come through our commitment to walk as you walked and to lay our lives down in serving others. I pray that we'll see that this next week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, here we go. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.